Good to see you this morning. Glad you're here, and I uh, hope you come expecting a blessing uh, from the Lord today. Several announcements in the bulletin. Please take note of them. Remember the things we're collecting up for uh, our homeless outreach that will happen in April. And so um, this month we're asking you to bring these various supplies, uh, and then we'll have a day where we uh, put those things together. Uh, and remember the update, the uh, prayer email list. Please send your prayer request to that email address, and we'll uh, compile the, those and uh, pray over them together on Wednesday night. And uh, remember, next Sunday, um, Thomas and Lisa Lloyd will be here with us. Um, so we're looking forward to that, and it'll be our March for Mission Sunday. Uh, so um, plan to come prepared uh, for that. In the year of Bibles this morning, I invite you to turn to uh, Revelation chapter 5. We're working our way through uh, the book of Revelation uh, during this 9 o'clock hour. Um, and we're in Romans or Revelation rather, chapter 5. And it is a wonderful reminder of uh, the Lord's goodness and his mercy, but also this chapter reminds us of how different uh, God's ways are from man's ways. Uh, especially uh, us men, uh, if you know a little itty-bitty hammer will do the job, a great big hammer will do it twice as good. Isn't that right, Brother George? Uh, you know, and we we want the the biggest and the baddest and the, the most power, uh, and uh, you know, in our minds, and we say, listen, if uh, two Tylenol are going to help your headache, three will help it better. And uh, so we uh, are uh, so prone <laughs> to think that way, and yet God reminds us over and over again through His Word that His ways are not our ways. And we're especially reminded of that in this fifth chapter of the book of Revelation. So let's take a look. We're going to read all 14 verses this morning. It says, And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all of the earth. And then he came and took uh, the scroll, uh, one out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures... Uh, and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and a golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, 
for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. And then I looked and I heard a voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders and all the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessed and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the twenty-four elders fell down and worshipped him who lives forever and ever. What a, a marvelous scene. And remember, you know, that uh, the book of Revelation is filled with so much beautiful imagery uh, and pictures. And so that's part of what makes it a little bit difficult sometimes for us to, to understand. And then... Um, it relies so heavily on uh, Old Testament imagery. And so those two things contribute to our difficulty with the book of Revelation. But uh, God reminds us here that you know, it, there, there was only one worthy. And that one that's worthy is still worthy today. And it's uh, Jesus Christ, uh, the Son of God. And um, so we find... It, we're still up in heaven, still in this uh, uh, scene around the throne room of God as we were in chapter 4. And um, worship was going on in chapter 4, and worship's going on again uh, here. Um, so he saw uh, God sitting on this throne, and in his hand was the scroll. And there was writing on the front and the back. But nobody could read it. Nobody could understand. Nobody could open it. And John said this made him quite sad because he wanted to know what, what this scroll had to say. And so uh, how, you know, he, he said he was sad. And one of the elders came and said to him, listen, and nobody on earth is worthy but there's one who is and there he is it's interesting how they saw Jesus he's first referred to as a lion uh, the lion of the tribe of Judah lion you know this majestic uh, king of the jungle uh, and that's uh, you know so uh, you know, typically we say, yeah, that's the way something, somebody that's going to win, that's the way they're going to come. A great big old roaring lion. And then he throws in there, but also the root of Jesse. Or root of David. And so reminding us that, you know, God promised that, hey, listen, it's going to start with something small. And there's redemption through uh, small things to remind us that it's not 
man that does the redeeming and man that, that's worthy of it, but it's God that has the power. But then he turns to another image. And this time it's a lamb. And not just any ordinary lamb. It's a very peculiar looking lamb. It's a lamb that looks like it's been slain. But also a lamb that had seven horns and seven eyes. Now I don't know about you, but I've seen some sheep and some lambs. I've never seen one with seven horns. I've never seen one with seven eyes. And, and so there's obviously some imagery there. That even though this lamb is so much different, this lamb is the one that would have power. And so I think we're finding the, the ministry of Jesus here, and Jesus is that, that slain lamb. And we find him uh, in three different ways here in this chapter. And the first is that we find that Jesus is worthy to reveal. He's worthy to reveal. You see, mankind looks at power and might and says, yes, the biggest and the strongest is going to win. And yet God reminds us over and over and over again that it's not the power of man that wins battles. It's his power. And it's his might that overcomes. And so the folk, you know, there is this land, this, this idea of being uh, a lion from this tribe of Judah that was going to redeem uh, not only Israel, but all mankind. But he didn't come as a roaring mighty lion. He came as a humble, innocent lamb. And then he laid his life down and shed his blood. The seven horns represent God's power. Remember, seven is the, uh, a number of completeness in the Bible. Uh, and the horn symbolized power. Uh, the seven eyes were a, a reminder that God... Uh, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, because all three, remember, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're all God. They see and they know everything. They're omniscient. All-knowing. And so the Lamb comes, and He comes and He takes the scroll out of the hand of the Father who's sitting on the throne. And he's going to, next time uh, we'll get into him opening those scrolls. He doesn't open them just yet, but he just takes the scroll. But God's plan, God's way of redemption was revealed to us in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. The way we find wholeness, the way we find redemption, is through Jesus. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. 
he said from the very beginning, you remember he met his mom uh, after they'd lost him for a few days, and they circled back and ended up back in Jerusalem, and they found him there uh, in the temple with the, the rabbis. And you remember what he said? And she kind of came, worried up, ran up to him and said, where on earth have you been? Uh, and his response was, do you not know that I must be about my father's business? Jesus was there talking with the rabbis as a teenager. I don't know too many 12 and 13, 14 year olds that can discuss the deep things of God. And yet that's where Jesus was. And Jesus reminds us over and over and over again that he alone is the one. He came to reveal the thought. He came to reveal the way back to God. He came to reveal the way to find uh, peace and uh, fulfillment that all of us are searching for and longing for. We fill our lives with all kinds of junk and garbage trying to fill a hole that only God can fill. And so Jesus reminds us that he came to reveal. And he was the only one worthy to take that scroll. Uh, and then he's going to uh, open those seals. And some things are going to happen, as we'll see over the next several weeks. Uh, but here in chapter 5, we're reminded that Jesus is worthy. He's worthy to reveal, but also, secondly, he's worthy to redeem. That slain lamb, it was Jesus' innocent, sinless blood that he shed on the cross of Calvary that paid my sin debt and your sin debt and the sin debt of all the whosoevers. So that the truth that, that Paul wrote that anyone calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I'm thankful for that because Jesus' blood was sufficient to pay the sin debt for all mankind. And by the way, not just the future sin that he paid for the past sin that he paid for Abraham's sin. And you remember the Bible says Abraham was, had faith and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Abraham didn't know how, but he knew that God was going to send a redeemer. And he trusted him. And as God continued to unfold and reveal his plan to redeem people, we see a fuller and fuller picture of what Jesus Christ would accomplish. And then the elders came and they bowed down and they sang a song to Jesus. And they said, you know what? You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals. You were slain and you have redeemed us to God by your blood. But not just us. And it's significant, remember the 24 elders there uh, represent all of God's people, the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles. So it's God's people through all ages. There's not two separate plans of God. Uh, there's not separate heavens for Jews and Christians and Catholics and Muslims. and you know, No, it's, there's one heaven. And the only way to get there is by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and his atoning work. 
not by being good enough. It's not by having a you know a certain last name or you know giving money or anything else. It's simply by trusting Jesus Christ and by faith receiving that gift that He gave and resting in that. But who was worthy to redeem? Only. A sinless individual would have been worthy to redeem. The Bible says that in Hebrews that Jesus was tempted in every way that we were. Yet he was without sin. Jesus was sinless, but it wasn't just enough to be sinless. He had to be related to us. He had to be a human being. In order for one human to redeem another one, they had to be a human. And so Jesus came as a young baby, born in Bethlehem, and then grew up in Nazareth living a sinless and perfect life, and then gave that life on the cross of Calvary. Uh, something that we'll celebrate in, in, in just uh, a month or so. Uh, so Jesus alone was not only worthy to reveal, but he was the only one worthy to redeem. But then lastly this morning, I want us to see that he is also worthy of a refrain. Only Jesus is worthy of our praise. And he's worthy of our praise for two reasons I want to suggest to us this morning. And the first is this, because he's the Almighty. Because he's God. And just the fact that he's God, he's worthy of our worship. God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, God is the only one worthy of our worship. And he's the only one worthy of our praise simply because who he is. God is above all. We are not worthy. We're not perfect. We're not, as Seth was telling us last week uh, in uh, Sunday school, remember that you know what? God had no beginning. He's just always been. And yet, he loves us so much. And yes, he is above all. And he's so much higher than we are. Yet he loves us so much that he's also very close to us. That he wants us to know him. As the Bible begins, God creates and uh, brings order out of chaos and then you know, works creation and In the beginning, man and God walked in perfect harmony and fellowship. And God talked with Adam and Eve verbally every day. The result of sin was that fellowship was broken. And mankind was kicked out of the Garden of Eden. And yet God said, you know what? Yeah, there has to be punishment, because remember, God is holy. 
and he's holy and he's just. He loves us, but his holiness is much greater. And because he is holy, he can't just say, oh yeah, that's all right, we'll just we'll forget about that. No, God can't do that. And so God alone is worthy of our praise just because he's God. But then secondly, I want to suggest to us that he's worthy of our praise because he's redeemed us. He has made us his. And he's made us priests, a fellow uh, priest. And he's made us kings and queens. He's made us rulers. But not rulers the way this world thinks of rulers. Because truly ruling understands that you're ultimately not the one in charge. That there's someone else who is. And it's the Almighty. But that Almighty that's so far above us and yet within us and is not content to be without us, loved us enough to redeem us. And because He has redeemed us, He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our thanks and and our worship. And so uh, here they, on two occasions, fall down and worship him. And in fact, not only is he worthy because to, to us, but John notes to us that not only do the elders and these crazy-looking creatures that are up there fall down and worship God, but all creation worships him as well. The Psalms on multiple occasions talk about nature crying out to God and uh, testifying to God's majesty and greatness. And if the rocks can you know, cry out and the fish worship God, and the deer and the antelope and the bears and all of God's creation. Point to God's majesty. How much more should God's favorite creation cry out, Worthy, worthy are you, O Lord. And so God reminds us, and John sees firsthand, it's not about us, it's all about him. But God loves us so much that he allows us to be a part of his story. Isn't that wonderful? And so God reminds us over and over again, worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Because He didn't give up on the task. He prayed, Father, 
I really don't want to do this. But not my will, but yours be done. And he endured great suffering. He endured rejection multiple times. And he did it for me and for you and for all the whosoevers around the world. Not just a few select, but out of, it said in verse 9, every tribe and every tongue and every people and every nation. The Bible said what he means there is there will be people from all over the place. Every skin color, every human language, uh, every socioeconomic status, every education level, God redeemed and makes salvation available to absolutely anyone who will receive it. Peter tells us God is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. And yet we understand that not everybody's going to be saved. And not everybody's going to find eternity in heaven. Because not everybody's going to receive the gift that Jesus gave. And how sad that is. It's a free gift offered to anyone who will take it. And yet so few are willing to receive that marvelous gift. They think they can make their own way in the world. They think they can do it on their own. They think that maybe they're God. Mankind has been doing that since the beginning. We've been trying to take God's place. And it hasn't worked out well for us ever when we've done that. The only thing it does is make misery and pain and hurt. And yet God says, there's one who's worth, and his name is Jesus. And he came to redeem all people from every nation, tribe, tongue. And they will again proclaim and fall down and say with this loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And here's the cool thing about all of this. Is that yes, Jesus alone is worthy to receive those things. But guess what? When we're his brothers and sisters. When we've been redeemed by the Lamb. We share those things. We share God's power and God's authority. We share God's honor and blessing. And we share His royalty. The Bible talks about us having a, a seat around God's throne. That we have a place with Him. And my goodness, when we think about that, our first response ought to be, 
praise. Because we realize we're not worthy of it. And yet God loves us so much. He gives us not only what we don't deserve, He gives us so much more. And so I hope God will help us and remember that it's not us that's worthy. And it's not our works that are worthy. It's the Lamb that's worthy. And we only become worthy because of the Lamb. Only when He's reigning in our life do we know the blessings that God has in store for us. So I hope God will help us to remember that and to worship Him. It shouldn't, you know, be a, a, a difficult thing, but it is because of human nature and the sin that's in this world and the sin curse that still pulls at us to worship God. Before you get up, probably six, seven, eight, every day of the week, Sunday morning comes, and it is like there's straps around your bed, and you just don't want to get up. There's time we, we're so busy that we say, oh, I don't have time to do, pray today. I don't have time to, to praise God today. And yet, we're in dangerous places when we don't have time for the Lord. Because when we realize who we are and whose we are, our first response, we are eager to praise God. We're not ashamed to give a word for the Lord. We're not ashamed to say amen. We're not afraid to lift our hands or, you know, um, to sing and shout for the Lord. Because He alone is worth. And I, I'm so thankful that he was worthy. And because he is worthy, he said, I'm worthy too. And so are you. Not on our own, but through him. I hope God will help us and encourage us with that. Let's stand together this morning. We'll be uh, dismissed in prayer for Sunday school. Remember, be praying for uh, those traveling uh, this week and... Um, those that are recovering from surgery, lots of folks uh, with various needs. And please share those prayer requests with us by email. And uh, we'll um, uh, pray together over those things on uh, Wednesday night. So, Brother George, dismiss.